I am Reverend Deborah Phillips, and welcome to Discovering Spirit Within, a spiritual life center podcast dedicated to helping people discover and activate their personal relationship with the divine. Well, good morning, Reverend James Trapp. It's good to have you with us. Now, let's see. You are the Senior Minister of Worship at Spiritual Life Center. You are a former CEO of Unity Worldwide Ministries, and I believe that you are a newly minted author of the book, Take Back Your Future. It is so good to have you with us today. Welcome. It is my pleasure to be here this morning to have this conversation with you. Yeah. So, you know, we're having this, obviously, this month, it's November, and we're... uh, Thanksgiving is very close. So uh, we're all having this conversation about how to find ways to be grateful in this era with COVID and all of the other things that are going on. And I was thinking as getting ready for this, that um, we did a a book for our our book study last year called In Faith in Action, um, where we talked about it was uh, what the, um, God, what was it? The book on perfection. Well, you know, I I should remember, but you know what I that happens after <laughs> it's over. I'm thinking about what the next. I next know. Thing we need. Okay, so <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, what she she talks in that book, and this will come back at later in the conversation, I'm sure, is she talks about the attitude of gratitude is not really the way to go about it because gratitude is more than an attitude. It's something that you have to live that has to be part yeah. of you. Um, so where, where are you in this process right now of, you know, keeping a church going in these times, keeping our own lives going in this time? What are you doing to keep yourself in a good or in a, in a gooder place in a, in a good place? (laughs) Well, I think some things are just a matter of perspective. Okay. You know, oftentimes you know, we, we may look at our situation and, you know, one of the worst things you do is compare it to how you see others living life or compare it to where you think you should be as opposed to appreciating what is and realizing all the things that are there that are good. And if you're going to compare, I often say, like I said, I went to... Uh, couple of African countries, Ghana and West Africa, and when I was uh, at Unity Worldwide Ministries as a CEO. And what I found out was that perhaps in some parts of their cities and countries didn't have anywhere near what we would have as being, quote, successful. But they were very, very happy. And you would think that, wow, they don't have the electronics we have or the roads that we have. And how is that possible, you know, that someone could be happy about that and realize that uh, they had just a full appreciation for themselves, what they had, and for each other. That, you know, gratitude is not dependent upon anything outside of us. If, If I learned anything, it's like, you know, you can generate gratitude in a moment, no matter what the experience you're going through. So what you're saying Uh, is gratitude is not about having. No, it's not about any of that. It's about how can you be, you know, you know, I've been thinking about this idea that 
if we were, if I look at myself and I said, where am I on my gratitude scale at this moment on a scale of one to 10? Because unconsciously we do have, a, I think, a, you know, a belief that, you know, things are good or not good and we may not be aware of it. And if we're not conscious of it, we may fall into a rabbit hole of being, you know, ungrateful about how good things really are despite the appearances. And you can look at yourself and say, where am I on my scale of one to 10? You know, I want a three today or four. <laughs> and then you say, you know, I'd like to be a 10 in, in gratitude. What do I need to do to raise my gratitude level? And we can actually do it because it starts by being appreciative of the little things. Um, and, and I always say that if you don't think you don't have, if you think you don't have anything to be grateful for, and I use this a lot, you know, take a mirror, breathe in it. If it fogs up, you <laughs> have something to be grateful for. Start with that. Yeah. And, and then you'll see more of it. Because whenever you start starting the gratitude focus, that's more of what you will see around you. And it'll change yeah. your whole way of being. Yeah. And you know, we have this, this tendency, like you're saying, of measuring things. And you're talking about finding gratitude in the small things, but sometimes it's the small things that end up being big for us. And I always yeah. use the example of, you know, you could have, I don't know, something really happen. I mean, a person dies in your life or something, and you, you have skills for coping with that. But if you're running late and your shoelace breaks, everything falls apart. Yeah, that, yeah, that becomes, like, you know, the foundation of your life at that moment is now suddenly crumbled. Right. You know. <laughs> yeah, so the, so the things that we see that are little that are good are, you know, I mean, we'll take something small like that shoelace breaking and milk it for the whole day. But we, I think what you're talking about is us learning to take those small, small gems that come along. Yeah. Little, the little cool things and, and milking those for the whole day. And, and somebody said that you know miracles are around us all the time, and we don't necessarily see them because we're looking for some big lightning bolt out the sky kind of stuff. And just the mere fact that we are alive and we have, most people have the ability to self-reflect and to create and to think thoughts and, 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 and do so many things. That if you can't find a miracle in that, it's hopeless. You can't find a miracle at all. So uh, it's those little things that can turn your whole energetic field around. Yeah, well, there's. Uh, I'm looking at a. I'm looking at a, a, a quote from your book, and you said, "When you spiritually surrender, you give the universe permission to disturb you where you are lagging, and wake you up where you have fallen asleep." Welcome the interruption and breakthrough to new heights. Did you write that in March of this year? <laughs> At the beginning? You know, of... I don't know what I wrote. I probably wrote that a while back. <laughs> and I just it, it, it sounds it. like you went and sat down and wrote that at the at the end of March. <laughs> well, you know, you know, you know, we were going through something, at least from the human's perspective, kind of major in March. Yeah. But those that is just a reflection of life in and of itself. Uh, you know, I think we're here to, to grow. And if we start getting complacent, 
the universe will like, okay, you know, you're not here to just stay the same. You know, you're here to evolve. And what happens if you say, okay, I'm going to surrender to this force that I call it. Some people call it God or whatever, but there's something beyond me, beyond my little self. I'm going to let this guide me. And if we say I'm going to come under his guidance, then our lip self will suddenly start, uh, uh, how should I say, uh, it'll, be, it'll be interrupted. The way that we've been doing stuff will be changed because, you know, I would say that God, the universe, is, loves us too much to leave us alone. So, uh, you know, the spirit loves us so much that it will interrupt stuff that is keeping us stagnant, keeping us from evolving and keeping us from growing. So we have to look at those things as opportunities to help us grow. Even in this whole pandemic experience, as challenging as it is, and some things we can't explain, you know, from a human understanding, we can ask the question, what is it this that we can get to help us evolve, grow, and uh, learn from? Because uh, I think everything in life is either to be enjoyed or you learn from it. So we say, what can we learn from it? How yeah. can we evolve from this? And the questions we ask are so critically important because we always get answers to the questions that we ask. And so the quality of the questions that we come up with uh, are important. Yeah, and, and sometimes it's, it's, it's like, I feel like sometimes we just don't even know what questions to ask. It, it's like, I'm sitting here and I know I need to ask a question, but you know, because I don't, I don't see past this physical reality in some respects, I, I don't even really know what questions to ask, which I think is when it's time to stop and go into silence and, and just, you know, say, hey, God, what's going on? You know, what, 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 what do I need in my life? Um, I've noticed, um, I'm not real big on, on Facebook and, and, um, Instagram, but I do go look at it. And I've noticed that there's not as many comments about desperately wanting to go back to the, back to normal. In fact, people aren't even talking about the new normal anymore. And I'm starting to see people realizing that life has just changed. You know, yeah. it just, it, it just, life is, is, is different and it's going to, going to be different as, um, as we move forward. Um, so this interruption is probably one of the best things that could be happening for us in that respect. Yeah. It, it, just a lot of times we just, at the, in the moment, we don't always see it, uh, cause we're so into holding on to what we're used to, what has been. And uh, I, I think the greatest fear that we have is what we think we're going to lose when things change because we have attachment. And uh, the universe says, you know, let it go. And, and only when you let it go can you begin to see new possibilities. But as long as we're still holding on, holding on, holding on, attaching, grasping, we may not be able to see what what else is out there. Yeah, I don't know how many times in the last what's it been five six months since March whatever. Um, I don't know how many times I've said this, 
but it's the most accurate thing I can come up with is that if you're going to remodel a house, you have to take something apart first. Yeah. You know, and I think yeah. you and I have both had times in our lives where we've taken ourselves apart and put ourselves back together. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I can say that my, this whole journey in my life started because my life collapsed in a, in a big way, you know, having, um, you know, you know, there's a little bit of my story that, you know, I was, um, you know, my mother left me when I was very young and uh, I sought to fill up a void that I thought was within me through achievement. You know, went to a great, you know, even though I went to an inner city high school, went to an Ivy League college, went to law school, practiced that. And along the way, I was doing what the world says is well, what the world defined as success, at least from the outer. But if you have that inner void, nothing on the outer will give you success that we were talking about before, even, you know, if we talk about gratitude, but just a sense of well-being uh, uh, or success is not dependent upon external things. So I, I ended up seeking to try to fill a void with drugs, alcohol, my life collapsed. And uh, it was only then that I was able to turn within and find out what was it that was really important. And once I had that experience of you know, self-forgiveness and then I had a, a oneness experience, stuff I couldn't explain because I wasn't into any kind of God stuff. That ain't me at that time. You know, uh, and uh, even I will, even I am what I call the reluctant minister. I didn't really, you know, some people go into this and they, yeah, this is what I'm going to do in life. And I said, I don't know, this doesn't seem like it's me at all. Uh, but, uh, you know, that was a whole nother story that I kind of got kicked in the keister by the cosmic two by four to move in this direction. And, but I, I say all that because it, it was only then that I began to realize that nothing on the outside of us can give us enjoyment or happiness or just self-satisfaction. And I always say that some of the most joyous times in my life was when I had nothing materially. And I felt as good as I ever had felt in my life. And I had to do a lot of work. It wasn't like easy to get to that point. You know, a lot of self-reflection and therapy and, you know, rehab, uh, and uh, then one day I had all of this guilt that I had about what I did to my life. It, it disappeared. I was still looking around to see when it was going to come back. It never really came back. You just have a little inch of it in your memory so you remember what it could be. However, it didn't come back and, uh, and it lifted. Uh, it's almost like a load was lifted off of me. And I just began to see the world differently. And... Uh, it was, you know, one, like I said, at the time, it was horrible to go through that. But looking back, it was the greatest thing that had happened to me. Right. And, you know, I've, I mean, I've been in this teaching for over 45 years, and I've read a few books along the way, and I've heard a, lot, a few talks, and, and not one person has ever written or said that this is, this is going to be easy. <laughs> you know, 45 years of looking for his and never, never have seen that this is going to be easy. Um, you know, it's all, all about, it's all about working within ourselves. I think the thing that you said here that really got my attention was the sense of well-being. And what struck me there was that 
you know, we, we, we try to feel good or we try to make ourselves look good or we try to be successful. Um, and we even try to be, try to be grateful. But if we don't have that inner sense of well-being, that's where we get stuck. Yeah. Yeah. Because we have, you know, these things are missing in us. And I, you know, as I go through this work, you know, you were talking, made mention my book and I said that, if, you know, and the subtitles, how to create the life you want, love and deserve. And I said, well, to get there, the first thing you have to do, I believe is have the right concept of who and what you are, you know, because you can never go beyond how you see yourself. You know, one of the great things I find out of most people, you know, when they have challenges about how they feel about themselves, that's a, almost like a golden thread. There's a belief and I'm not good enough. <laughs> it's like, you know, it, it may come in a lot of different words they may use, but there's something in me that says, I'm not good enough. I'm missing, I'm lacking something. And who we are is whole and complete right now. And if you don't start from that premise, then you will never be able to, this is my perspective, really fulfill the possibilities of, of what your life can be. Well, you know, we have the, the uh, what is this, our mission statement is that we, uh, that uh, uh, of transforming lives as we love, serve, and remember. And I notice that sometimes we don't, we're not at SLC talking really directly at remembering who we are. I mean, we talk about it, yeah. but if we can remember who we are, uh, which we forget when we come into these bodies. We forget that we, you know, there's more to us, that we are souls with bodies. We're not bodies with souls. We're souls with bodies. And I think that's the remembering part, remembering yeah. who we yeah. really are. Yeah. I mean, we, we there's a part of us, I like to say, this may be a little woo-woo, but I think there's part of us that's been here before we made this incarnation. It'll be here after we leave, or if I shuffle off the mortal coil, <laughs> we call it. It is always present. And uh, that's a, a tough concept to grasp because we're so anchored in this three-dimensional life. And, uh, and, and it's here to be enjoyed. And don't get me wrong, I think we're here in this life experience to enjoy it, uh, to, to spread it, to bring the qualities of peace, love, happiness to others. And whatever we give out, we keep. And um, we're in this vast experiment, I think, on, on the planet Earth. How is it that we can make it heavenly for the world? And that just goes into this other quote that I just pulled up. It says, you don't need to waste time trying to figure something out. Rather lowly listen. I really like that, by the way. And be available to what the universe has already figured out and let it work through you and or through and as you. Um, it's oh. that stepping back. Yeah, yeah. We, we think that, you know, we have to kind of figure it out. So, you know, and as I would like to say, everything that we see out here came from an idea. But, you know, the ideas, even before they are ever manifested in physical form, they already existed in some dimension already. Otherwise, we wouldn't get them, you know. We're, we're, we don't make them up. We're just the channels to attract them, be the vehicles to express them. And sometimes we try so hard with a sweat of our brow and our know-how, I'm going to make this happen. 
when the universe is sitting back and say, you know, it's like, relax. It's already happened. Just get in tune with it. And when you get in tune with it, then you can do the work you need to do to help manifest it, but you don't have to make it happen. Right. And you know, I, you I want to make it, you want to make it welcome. You want to welcome it in your life. Welcome in your life. And you know, sometimes I look at the early, the early new thought teachings of the people in the late uh, 19th century and early 20th century, and they talked a lot about mental power and about making things happen. And when I go back and read them now, I realize that they were breaking brand new ground. I mean, the, the ideas that they were presenting were just way out there. For, for a lot of people, we're so used to that kind of, of idea, you know, it's, it's pretty mainstream on one level, um, that if yeah. we look at, they're, they're talking about doing this with mental power, where we're learning, have learned over the, the century or more, that it's about opening our consciousness. And it's like, I don't like to use the term growing in consciousness, because it's all, consciousness is there, it's full grown. Right. <laughs> we right. just can't, we're just, we're opening up to it seeing like cleaning our windshield seeing more of it yeah right yeah you know as i as i look at you know the teachings and i've and i've been reading you know i like to read some of the old stuff i'm rereading a book now uh one of one of the uh early i guess 1900 books uh that were written and I, and even though i kind of know it sometimes I, I i reread it and i get a different perspective on it but what I've learned over time, and I think when this was breaking through, you know, that may be the first stage of, you know, uh, our, our evolvement. You know, when right. we le first learned about it, you know, yeah, you can almost make things happen by changing your mind, your thoughts and so forth. And that's a beginning point. And maybe you need to get your stuff in order. You know, you got a healing you need, you got you know, you got to make money, you got to, you know, support your family if, you, uh, if that's part of what you need to do. You need to have mobility, cars or whatever, just to, and that's just a foundation. So you can use it. You may need a parking space, you know, at any given moment, you know. It's always so handy. you use that to, to visualize, to get those things. But then there's another stage where you're not trying to manipulate the, the universe. Rather, you're ready to allow the universe to, to be expressed through you. Um, um, you know, at some point, people try to use these spiritual things to succeed, but it's just another level of ego. You know, we're not here to use it for the success. You know, we're going to use it to get our foundations in order. But here, we're here to be used by these principles, used by a spiritual idea. And then things begin to blossom in a way that we can't even imagine. Right, because when we, we look at the evolution of new thought, especially unity, unity started as a, a, a prayer um, group, as, as a prayer ministry, and it was about healing. And yeah. when I look at, 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 you know, at the times, it's like healing, even with Emma Curtis Hopkins, healing was the primary thing. They didn't have antibiotics. They didn't have, you know, they didn't have so much of what we have now. And so healing was the priority. And then as I, I've watched it as, as medical care improved, and then they went into like the Great Depression, it, it switched to a prosperity teaching. And now yeah. I'm watching it come back to a healing because we've got so much medical expertise now that we can't heal ourselves that way. We have to go back to the 
to to our you know the healing at this level and it's just interesting to watch the evolution of of consciousness how we open and you know how we use this teaching that we have for the times yeah and i think you know there's a certain stage of our development as as human beings that it was appropriate you know you know we need healing was like right in front of our face you know at that moment before Emily Curtis Hopkins or Emily Cady. Uh, I'm thinking more of uh, uh, Myrtle Fillmore. You know, she really was the catalyst for the unity movement development because she had a healing. Right. And people were like, how in the heck did you do this? And <laughs> she started talking about the principles that she used and how much work she had put in to make it happen. Yeah. And then of course, you know, that started a whole process. Uh, and then there's, uh, you know, the prosperity stuff. And now it's turned into a whole prosperity gospel. Now there's a whole movement, you know, called the prosperity gospel. They use it now, but it's still using it for material things, for human ego satisfaction. And you can do that on a certain level, but I always say there's something bigger that we're supposed to be doing. I always say, why be well, why be rich and prosperous? Why use all this just if your vision is not any bigger than your television screen? You know, you, you need to have the spirit to say there's a bigger something that we're seeking to get to. And uh, that's, I think, the question. And I think now is, is beside the individual healing, we, we almost got to have a global transformation yeah. that uh, the, the world is calling us for now. And it's interesting that we are in a time where we need that global, uh, global healing and that and the connection at a time where we are all being asked to stay physically separate from each other. And so learning to feel connected like the way we are now, when we first started having our staff meetings um, by Zoom and whatever, for the first month, I was having a really hard time. And I was doing trying to do my discussion group on Zoom. And it was just like nothing I, I couldn't feel it, but now we've yeah. been doing this for so long that sitting down and looking at you and talking to you on a, the screen like I am right now, I am starting to feel that connection because there's no con there's no geography and consciousness, and we're right. getting enough practice at this that um, I can feel that connection now when I am doing teleconferencing. Yeah, I think it's you know I think for a long time just our brains were just wired a certain way. Yeah, and and but our, our minds, our brains, I guess you could say, are malleable. Uh -huh. They can be re, the circus can be redirected. In the beginning, it was like, no, it's like you know, I don't want to get out of this rut I've been in. I've been doing this for for a long time. Humanity's been doing it for a long time, and now you're talking about trying to do it this way. But after a while, if you do it for a while, you're, you're, you're something within you says because we're 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 adaptable beings. You know, you know, it's not like, you know, there's an indigenous plant. It can only live in a certain environment. But I think there's a word that says you're kind of endogenous. I think that's the word I that you can that, adapt yeah. to. That's what human beings, they can adapt to multiple environments. They don't have to be in just one. And so we're trying to adapt. And that means get away from what was we're used to uh, and the way things have been. So we're evolving. This. I don't think we'll ever get away from the, the, the social part of who we are, it'll just show up differently in m multiple forms nowadays. 
Well, and we do need each other, and I mean, and we do we do need the physical contact. I mean, they know that babies, babies, if babies are not held and touched, they will die. You know, human. I mean, yeah. And um, so we need that, but this, I don't know. I'm starting to really kind of not kind of. I am starting to appreciate how we connect on this other level without being in the same room. Um, I do find mm. it easier when we're trying to work out physical material logistics to be able to be in the same room and look at things together. But um, yeah. this idea that, you know, you and I dealing with each other for work or whatever, it's no, it's no different than if we were in the same room. Yeah. It's like we have the same conversation. We have, you know, and, and in some respects, some of my relationships have gotten more interesting because we're having to, I don't know, look more deeply into things before we talk about them. Um, but this all comes back to that sense of well-being and that sense of um, just because things look not great on the outside, it doesn't mean that we're not really um, on a on a divine trajectory. Does that make any yeah. sense at all? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think I said it goes back to you know that question. You know, who are we? What are we really? You know, uh, and if we just look at the superficial, we just look at the what the material look at what we can see, then you know that's always changing. That's changeable, but behind that, our essence is the unchanging something that almost is beyond words. But it's it's just it can't be hurt, harmed, or endangered in any way. And if we start from that premise, then no matter what's going on the outside, if we come from that perspective then it'll bring us back to a sense of, you know, knowing everything is all right. As they say in Jamaica, every little ting gonna be all right. You know, it's gonna be okay. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I, 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 I had a friend tell me once that I was, I was born to annoy the pessimists. Um, so I, <laughs> <laughs> and so I was just, I guess I came in with this, this, uh, this knowing that, everything that 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 the world is okay and i still yeah. had to go through my own i i my my life was challenging it wasn't nearly as dramatic as a lot of people like yours but i did have my own bottom which got me into unity um when i was like 27 which was a huge gift that i got to start that early um but it wasn't as hard for me to start looking at the more positive side of life because i'm just built that way but so many people aren't <laughs> so yeah. many people or or so many people have been through through such horrendous childhoods or experiences that they have a really hard time seeing anything good anywhere you know it's like okay it's and and there's this whole it's too good to be true thing that goes on yeah that like in the back of the mind they're waiting okay i'm waiting for the shoe to drop so yeah you know, this yeah. will stop eventually uh yeah, that's uh, you know, but it's 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 a training, you know, that our minds have gone through, and uh, yeah, and that's why I say that life, you know, the work we were doing recently when when we were doing the Eric Butterworth book, Life Is Consciousness, is that you know what we continue to focus on over and over again suddenly becomes to kind of shape how we see things, <laughs> and how we see things determines what we experience 
And the more that we see it that way, the more we experience it that way, the more it gets re reinforced. So it's, it's not an easy change to make, but the first thing you have to do, you have to be aware of it. Because if you're not aware, there is no change. There is no possibility of making a different choice. So I think that's why the first thing is just to be aware and then do the work to change how you see things. And, the, and then the other part of that is I hear from so many people, it's like um, they read a book and it has all of these different good ideas. So they're trying to do all of them at once. And I'm always oh, yeah. saying, if you change one thing, just one little thing, it's amazing how that has a domino effect. You know, mm -hmm. it's like if you, um, I'm looking at, at a picture of you right now and there's a plant behind you. And if you move that plant, then eventually you might say, oh, well, if that plant's there, then this couch needs to be here. And, you know, over a period of time, you might rearrange your entire room piece by piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. everything's inter interconnected. You're right. Sometimes you just need to work on one thing at depth because I, or they, I, I don't know how quite it's applied, but you say that we live in this holographic universe. Everything is like, you know, part of the same thing. So whenever one part is changed, you are affecting everything else. So uh, yeah, if we can, and I think I was reading you know, one of, in another one of those old books, he says, you know, if you want to achieve something, you know, just stick with one thing and just go at depth be clear about that. And my interpretation, it'll start spilling over into other areas of your life. I think that's one of the most important things that, that you know, that we can emphasize is uh, people get themselves so wound up about trying to, trying to, trying to fix everything at once. And first of all, there's nothing to fix because everything is, it just is, this is, this is what we've got yeah. right now. Um, but yeah, that, because just changing the one thing in your life, the one, one thing in your thinking, the one thing, wherever it, it just, it makes a huge difference. And for one thing, I think it just gives us a focus. I don't think we do very well yes. if we don't have a focus. Yeah. You know, we just scatter our energy around in all different directions and it doesn't have any power. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, hither and yonder, you know, so, uh. You know, just fine, be like a laser, you know, which is nothing more than a bunch of light coming together in one direction. It gets very powerful. But if you scatter the light, you know, it can't do very much. It doesn't have that same power. And that's a beautiful, beautiful image, uh, Reverend James. I think I would like to just uh, let us move on from that. Uh, for those of you who are listening, if you will stay tuned, we had uh, greetings from each one of our staff members for Thanksgiving, and we wish you a happy Thanksgiving, and thank you, Reverend James, so much for being with me this morning. Thank you, and I'm grateful for the opportunity. We'll have to do it again sometime. We will. This is so much fun. This is Caitlin Rowe. I work with the youth and I also help with the counting. And I am grateful for my SLC family. Hi, this is Reverend Janae Marth and I'm the Youth Ed Director here at Spiritual Life Center. And I am grateful for my family and friends and my spiritual family and all the abundance in my life and I'm especially grateful for my connection with God and for all of the people on the path that share 
that journey with me. Thank you. Hi, I'm Randy Sizemore. I help with the accounting at SLC, and I am thankful that I am able to be of service here at Spiritual Life Center. Hi, I'm Nancy Hilton. I'm a volunteer in the office at Spiritual Life Center, and I'm so grateful for my family, my friends, this spiritual community, and for the legacy of Edgar Casey. Hi, I'm Sherry Rain. I'm the SLC Per Chaplain Program Coordinator. I am so grateful for this amazing fall season, for the change of the colors, the cooling of the air, the time to go within and commune with spirit. I am so grateful for this and so many blessings. Hello, I'm Paula Mandela and I have the honor of serving as the Director of the Music and Arts Ministry at Spiritual Life Center. And I'm so grateful for that ministry, for the opportunity to do what I love and make a sustainable living from that. I'm so grateful for the lifelong friends I've made in this community. I'm thankful for this beautiful planet in which I live and breathe and have my being and for the ever-present glory of spirit all around and within me. Hello, this is Ira Mandela, the audio and visual engineer for Spiritual Life Center. I am grateful for my family, my friends, my health, and for SLC, and for the unexpected external motivations to propel us into new expressions of our highest good. Hi, I'm Pat Harvey, and I'm the volunteer coordinator, the life events coordinator, um, facilities coordinator, and um, I'm just extremely grateful for these opportunities uh, to be of service uh, for my family, uh, for great friends from over the years, and many that I've developed through uh, Spiritual Life Center, and just so grateful for Spiritual Life Center and helping me to evolve and transform my life is uh, it's completely different than it was in 2009. So many thanks and gratitude. Hi, this is CJ and I am the welcome lead and HR volunteer. And I am grateful for this wonderful time where growth is so fast and so powerful. I am grateful to be born in it. And I am grateful to those who are walking through it with me. I am grateful for my family and for SLC to give me the spiritual basis to stay centered in this time. Hi, I'm Elaine LaRoa. I'm the Finance and Operations Manager at Spiritual Life Center. And I am so grateful for my family and my friends and my spiritual community. And this season, I'm in particularly appreciative of just the abundance that we experience every day from tapping into the divine and having our hearts filled and our hearts and minds filled with just beautiful blessings on every day. Hi, I'm Frank Castroweer, and I'm an intern uh, for a few months here at Spiritual Life Center. 
And I'm grateful for community, for friendship, for experiencing all the gifts of the earth, for discovering new things for health and for recognizing divine order unfolding in our lives in many precious ways. Hi, this is James Trapp, I'm Senior Minister of Worship at Spiritual Life Center, and I am grateful for health. I'm grateful for the folks in my family, grateful for the folks at Spiritual Life Center, and just grateful that I can connect with the presence of God anytime, anywhere, no matter what is going on. I'm Reverend Deborah Phillips, and I am the Assistant Minister at Spiritual Life Center in Sacramento. I am the host of Discovering Spirit Within, and I am very grateful for all of the people I work with, for Spiritual Life Center, and for the privilege of delivering this podcast every week. It is such an enormously fun experiment, and I love every minute of it, and I so appreciate your listening. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for listening today. Discover Spirit Within is produced by Spiritual Life Center Sacramento. If you feel inspired and want to show your appreciation and support, please go to slcworld.org forward slash donate. And until we meet again, deep peace of the running wave to you, deep peace of the flowing air to you, deep peace of the quiet earth to you, deep peace of the shining stars to you, Deep peace of the sons and daughters of peace to you, and may the joys of the world go with you.